Welcome to the Primal Endurance Podcast. Slow down and enjoy the show, where we rap, literally, about everything you need to know. I'm your host, Brad Kearns. Are you ready? Let's go. Yo. Dude, wow. Look how far... um... Look how far you've come, man. Congratulations. Life is crazy. No kidding. Uh, yeah. We were chatting uh, in uh, April at Paleo FX, de- dealing with matters of stress and uh, stagnation, and now you're in your own crib in Austin. Yep. Um, I'm actually in my uh, the like the hotel business, or not hotel, the apartment business center. Oh, yeah, yeah, the... Yeah, the business center. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can see where I'm in, uh, it, high in the closet, standing on a, a ladder <laughs> nice. to this high shelf where my microphone is. And yeah, that's that's, that's the best I got right now. You know, but you're in Lake Tahoe and you're living the life. Yeah, I have to say, um, I guess I should uh, start recording with that comment. And we have our whole list of incredible things to talk about. But, um, you know, I, I dreamed of moving to a place like this where you have the incredible natural environment and uh, hoping that maybe that would, you know, rub off and influence my, uh, my existence where, you, you know, you're closer to nature, so you connect more closely with nature. We know we can do that in Central Park and anywhere else on the planet, but um, just being surrounded by, you know, massive nature uh, experience. So far, it's been awesome. So speaking of uh, teeing us up for the show, uh, my ambition now is to swim in the lake every single day. Uh, year round, whether I have to use snowshoes to go through uh, lock gates to get to the beach in the um, in the wintertime, that's fine. But I'm going to go every day right now. It's a it's a balmy bathtubby, uh, probably 69 or 70 degrees in there. It's crazy, but it'll get down into the 40s. But oh, let's yeah. let's let's talk um, cold therapy since we're, um, we're we're so on board with this, and you're been a great inspiration to me before I even got my chest freezer. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I, ha- I don't have my chest freezer yet, but I am, I am ordering one and putting it in the garage. I've got an apartment with a garage. I'm going to throw that chest freezer in the garage and start doing daily. They're going to let you put a chest freezer in, in your garage. That's incredible. That's only in Austin, Texas, man. Well, it's, it's my own private garage, so it's not a, I don't share it with anyone. And I'm not asking for, for permission. I'm just going to put it in there. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. Is my motto as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's your garage. What the heck, you know? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing in there? Oh, nothing. Just uh, sitting in some cold water. Uh, uh, so, but this goes back uh, a couple few years now. I, I wanted you to repeat your um, your regimen where you were running over to the, the lake uh, in the wintertime. And what was that all about? Yeah. So, uh, you know, someone... I have a, a few friends here in Austin who are big into the paleo scene and health and fitness. And they kept telling me I got to do uh, cold immersion, which I resisted. Uh, I finally, I saw a documentary. Uh, I've told the story on the show before, but I'll, I'll recap it quickly. I saw a documentary about a, uh, a wolf hunting a moose and a calf and the moose and the calf, they, they just jumped right in this frozen lake to escape. It's like not even, a second thought. And as soon as I saw that, it, it just hit me like, Hey, this is just part of the environment. You know, it's like, what would humans have done? What what would you have done a hundred years ago? No. Only a hundred years ago. If you wanted to take a bath, it was a cold bath, right? Or shower. 
And it just hit me like, this, this is no big deal. And I shouldn't be, you know, causing this undue stress thinking about cold water in this stressful way. So I started taking cold showers and slowly kind of ramped up doing the ice baths at home. Uh, worked my way up to doing about 20 minutes at a time in 50 degree cold water in my bathtub. Uh, 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's big time. Yeah. I mean, it's not 34 like, like you're doing, but 50 degrees is cold. Uh, then my neighbor, then it was winter time and my neighbor, uh, had a swimming pool and I started telling him about it. So we started going in this pool and measured the temperature in the winter. It was like 42 and we're, we're hanging out in the, in the, uh, his swimming pool for like 15, 20 minutes, just chatting away. And, uh, then I, and I, I had this running, um, route that I would run on the trails around my house. And when I take my dogs, we would go to this little swimming hole and let my dogs jump in. And I, you know, went one day and I was like, Hey, I can get in there. I bet it's as cold as that guy's swimming pool. And so I started jogging down to the a pond and uh, getting in and hanging out for uh, I don't know ten minutes or so in the water and then running home. It was three miles each way, so six mile round trip. And uh, in the middle of winter in Austin, it can be it can range anywhere from uh, I think one day I did it the coldest day I did it was twenty seven and the you know in the a lot of times in the winter, it'll only get down to, you know, like 65 or something. So, uh, you know, those days are nice. So at 27, what are you wearing? So pretty much every day I would wear, uh, just short running shorts, no shirt and running shoes with no socks. So I could just kick the shoes off and jump in. And yeah, several times, you know, I'd pass ladies that are walking in the neighborhood or running or whatever. And they'd look at me and wonder like, yeah, it's cold outside. What's this guy doing? One day I did it when it was snowing and, uh, which it never snows in Austin, but we, you know, we got like a fraction of an inch of snow one day and everybody went crazy and I'm running down the road and this guy stops in his car, pulls out his iPhone and films me running with no shirt on while it's snowing. <laughs> Of course, a viral YouTube video set up right there. We got to go find you and see if crazy runner in Austin snow. We'll search for it and see if he see if he's making uh, monetize the video off your <laughs> of your hard devoted efforts. Um, so you mentioned something interesting at the start when you're talking about the um, watching the documentary and seeing the moose jump in there and then uh, comparing that to the prevailing attitude that we humans have where um, we're so uh, averse to discomfort or struggle of any kind. And that's, uh, you know, that's natural. It's part of our biological drive is to conquer our environment and make things easier and easier. And now we have this technological progress that's trying to make every possible imaginal thing easier and more convenient 
and uh, requiring less physical effort to, for example, uh, get groceries. You know, now you can go to the store and, and reach and put it in your basket and wheel the basket to your trunk and lift the bag into your trunk. Uh, but, you know, now we're in the age where you can just click a few buttons and it comes to your door and all on down the list of all the modern luxuries and conveniences. But I feel like uh, this comes at a great cost to our mentality and our capability of managing all different kinds of life stress because life is so freaking easy at its baseline now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, early on in my journey, one of the things um, that happened also was I was, you know, I'd been convinced to do the cold water, but every day in the morning when I was going to take my cold shower, I was like, you know, had some trepidation, like, oh, God, I'm going to jump in there. It's going to be so cold. And it just hit me like, if you're not prepared, to face a little bit of cold water at the start of your day, what are you really prepared to do that day? And, <laughs> and after I thought of that, I was like, you know what? It's just cold water. Just get in. And like the rest of your day is going to be, it's going to go downhill from there or uphill, whatever, you know, it's going to be easier uh, for the rest of the day. Cause you did something hard to start your day. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well said. And I, I, I'm noticing that this internal dialogue uh, lingers along for me. I will admit that uh, as I'm heading down the stairs uh, over to the, the outdoor chest freezer, which I do every day when I'm uh, at the location available, um, there's a point there where I might uh, have a thought pass that says, oh, uh, maybe I'll do this after I uh, I'll clean up the kitchen or send a couple of those emails. There, there's some type of um, uh, internal dialogue going where I'm trying to talk myself out of it. And by creating a habit and having the habit uh, be of high value to me, so I want to keep my word to myself and also blab about it whenever I can on a podcast, which means I'm putting it out there in a public forum. So I, I really feel I appreciate the the listener for holding me accountable and helping, helping hold me accountable. But um you have to push through that tiny little window that's um, trying to uh, talk you out of being the best you can be. Uh, but the the best feeling for me is uh, getting in there. I, that's not the best feeling. It, the best feeling is a little bit after I'm in there. Uh, it's it, I can't lie and say it's a wonderful feeling to jump into 36 degree water when it's 36 degrees outside or even when it's 56 degrees outside. But when I initiate my deep breathing cycles and I... Uh, experience a little bit into it where I'm so focused on my breath that I feel like I've become impervious to the cold. So I've overcome that sympathetic nervous system response that happens when you initially immerse yourself into cold water. And I go all the way in and hold my breath for uh, a good period of time. Not as long as I can. I don't want to say that on a podcast. That's extremely stupid. But I hold my breath for a while and then I emerge and, and initiate my deep breathing cycles. And somewhere in there, maybe in, uh, at the minute mark or a minute and 20 seconds, I realize that um, the, the water no longer has that uh, shock that it, I'm going to start shivering and have to jump out. And so I feel like that's the best part of my day possibly where um, I'm mastering my environment in a way and getting that payoff for uh, not listening to my my wussy voice in my head as I'm walking the twelve strides across the uh, across the yard to get into the tub. Yeah, it, you know it's amazing how you're. You know, you and I have both been doing the cold water for a while, over a year for sure, a couple years, and it's amazing how 
even still, right, your your that urge for comfort, right? You're walking down the stairs and you're like, yeah, you know, maybe I don't really have to do it today. Um, yeah, I mean, but you you have to. It's just like working out, you know. You have to want the benefit of the workout or the the cold water. And one of the things that hit me while you were talking is, um, I forget, uh, was it, is it Joel Jameson that had the, uh, the rebound workout? Yeah. So, um, you know, he was talking about how, uh, in his rebound workouts, you need a little bit of sympathetic, activation so that the parasympathetic has something to push off of to get you deeper into the parasympathetic. And that's kind of the same thing that you're doing with the cold water is that when you jump in, it is a sympathetic response, right? And you're, you are, uh, practicing and building that, that conscious response to overcome that sympathetic activation with, more parasympathetic mindfulness breathing and you know getting your teaching your body that not every uh reaction needs to be this long drawn out stressful uh you know scene or whatever right ideally you know we talk so much about um you know managing one's emotions in uh relationship with other humans and uh, the the insight from Dr. Bruce Lipton, Biology Belief, is uh, sticking in my mind all the time, where he claims that we're 95 to 99% of the time, we're operating from subconscious programming. We're walking through life basically as robots reacting in the pattern manner that we've always reacted to when someone criticizes us or cuts us off in traffic or uh, tries to one-up you in the uh, the meeting room at work and all these triggers that occur uh, lighting up our subconscious. And so when you're faced with situations where you're, you're pretty much forced to be mindful, right? That's what you're describing when you're in the cold water, or I'm trying to hang out in there for a, a longer period of time than uh, just 20 seconds screaming and jumping out like a, a unprepared person will do. Um, then I'm realizing I'm flexing these muscles and I'm, uh, you know, realizing what it's like to be uh, right there in the moment in control of my physiology. And I think that's what Wim Hof is doing on a much larger scale when he's uh, showing up at Mount Everest wearing sneakers and uh, running shorts and climbing up to 24,500 feet without oxygen or clothes. And it's like, how, how can he do that? And he's just mastered this technique of, uh, you know, overcoming uh, these, these fight or flight uh, reactionary behaviors, but I draw a direct parallel to being able to do something like a cold exposure regimen, uh, and then going into the conference room and being able to chill for a five count, right? We're supposed to count to five before we talk or whatever great advice we've received from our therapist, our life coach, our business coach. And then we don't execute under pressure when, uh, the, the fight or flight, uh, triggers occur. Yeah. And there's all, all kinds of areas of life where this is applicable, uh, one of the things I tell people all the time when they, you know, have, they don't do the cold exposure and they're freaking out about it. They're like, Oh my God, how can you handle it? And all this is I say, you know, when you go get a deep tissue massage, you know, I'm not talking about some relaxation massage. I'm talking about you, you got a knot that you need worked on and you're going to go to, to some, you know, 
person that's just going to grind it out. You're going to go to Bethany Fellows in San Antonio, Texas. That's correct. And go find her on Instagram. She will unwind you. Best massage I've ever had. I healed a, uh, about a 13-month hamstring injury where I couldn't sprint. And I went to her two hours one day and backed it up with two hours the next day, visiting San Antonio, of course. And I got off the table and I'm like, you just cured me. And so, yeah, you're talking about deep tissue. And I was uh, so near tears during the session when she was digging her hands in and uh, separating the muscle fibers that the scar tissue had formed up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Same thing, man. So, so yeah. So what I tell people is, okay, you know, when that, when she's in there with her elbow and she's digging into that scar tissue, right? Your first reaction, your, your reflex is to like, <gasps> and hold your breath and like, go, oh my God, oh my God. But what, what does a good massage therapist tell you to do? Breathe, right? And the minute that they've got that elbow ground into your knot and you go, <sighs> usually you get some release. And that's the exact same thing. That's uh, you know it's, you're activating parasympathetic. It's the same thing that's happening in the water because your initial response in the water is to like <gasps> oh my gosh, but as soon as you breathe, you get that release, and then oh I can relax in here. It's no big deal. Yeah, I think also tied in with that is how uh, the the regimen or the habit allows you to transcend the 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 very fickle attribute of motivation and i'm reflecting on this more now uh for example talking to my kids young people who are going through college or uh, aspiring to certain goals whether it's athletic academic whatever uh, all of us and we're trying to we're always hearing about how important it is to to get motivated and uh the, the personal trainer screaming on the television show is going to motivate those people so they'll go for 2 hours instead of 1 or we use it in our verbology like yeah I go to the gym and I have this great trainer and he he, he totally motivates me to go for an hour 15 instead of an hour and all that's fine and dandy and motivation and incentives are great. And even the parenting experts say like putting carrots out there and incentivizing your kid in the proper manner is absolutely allowed. You have to be very careful the way you do it. Um, and, and a lot of the stuff I'm against, like $100 for an A uh, seems to be distasteful to me. And the A should be because you're passionate about learning the subject and you're there to do your job, which is to work hard and and, and be an academic uh, performer. But if it's um, you can... Uh, uh, go on uh, on the vacation if you agree to uh, you know make a commitment every night to turn your cell phone off and 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 do your homework uh, those kind of things uh, certainly you can you can apply some motivation there but at certain times in life we need to transcend motivation because it can be fickle and that's that story I'm telling as I'm walking out uh, to the back patio and trying to motivate myself or a, a compromise with myself because I don't have enough motivation. And Tony Robbins said this too about cold, uh, cold therapy, which he's a huge proponent of, as you know, and he's got a cold plunge facility at all seven of his luxury estates around the world. You can see him on YouTube. There's a 10 second video of him jumping into uh, this circular uh, pool. That's only about a four foot circle. And he just dump, jumps in the middle uh, in Florida and he takes his, uh, he takes his plunge. Uh, but he said, uh, this this cold therapy that he does every morning is his mind telling his body what to do. Full stop. So it's not a it's not a negotiation. It's just get in the freaking tub and then you can go on with your day. 
And for someone like me who I'm always looking for ways to motivate myself further and trying new workouts and uh, uh, restructuring my diet to see if I can get a certain payoff or a certain increase in my knowledge. And sometimes you just got to F and do it. And boy, oh boy, that fits in nicely to uh, all the other fun and games like uh, being the top salesperson for the quarter and you get a Tesla if you do so. And that's certainly allowable, but man, uh, the power of just being able to have control over that, um, you know, willpower and decision fatigue and throwing all that crap out for a while and just doing what you say you're going to do. That's big. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, you know, for, for me, there's a lot of that in there, um, you know, doing what you say you're going to do, committing to yourself, uh, following through for you and not for anybody else. You know, I mean, Nobody else gives a crap if you go in the cold water. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, no, but my viral uh, following, or they're waiting for my next report on social media. And, oh, that's funny you said that because uh, this can easily get out of hand if we do think that the world gives massive crap about what we're doing, and then we place extreme excessive self-importance upon us. Uh, this is the uh, college admission scandal come to life, where these parents thought it was so important uh, to get their kids into a lead institution that they had to uh, commit federal crimes and, you know, sort of uh, take the experience, the treasured experience away from a kid of achieving something. And instead they're buying their way into uh, to life. And so we see that so often that we get too caught up in what we're doing. We think we're too important. Uh, we refuse to uh, uh, stay away from uh, the race day because we paid our entry fee, even though we have a 101 degree fever and we show up there because we don't want to let, let down the world. Oh boy. Yeah. We got to, we got to, you know, keep everything uh, self, self focused and self, self directed where, yeah, don't, don't think you're, um, <laughs> don't think it's any big deal whether you do it or not. And then you take ownership of it and then have free choice. Yeah. You know, sp speaking of that sort of, uh, dynamic where you got to work out at all costs and post your workouts to your Instagram and make sure that everybody sees how hard you're working and all that. Uh, you know, I think I mentioned to you, like, you know, my life circumstances right now are, are pretty, uh, stressful, uh, you know, going through divorce, moving, starting a new job. Those are like three of the biggest life stressors that the therapist will tell you about. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I haven't been working out like I want to. Uh, I've got a 50 K coming up in September and, uh, I'll probably go the 50 K, but if I'm not in shape to do it, I, I won't. Um, but I'm not stressing out about not working out because, uh, you know, the stress bucket can only hold so much and I got a lot going on right now. So, uh, you know, just do what I can and try to get, you know, really what I've been focusing on is trying to get enough sleep because moving and all these new uh, routines and stuff that come along with a move and a divorce are kind of th throwing me off. And so I find myself at the end of the day going, oh, geez, it's 10 o'clock. I haven't really, I got 18 more things to do, but yeah, got to get that sleep. Oh my gosh. And all those things you mentioned, yeah, on the on the one through a hundred stress scale, I think it's called the Holmes Ray scale. Holmes dash R A H E, and you can see um, the, the the scoreboard of the most stressful events. Uh, but interestingly, uh, there is really no distinction between uh, positive 
and negative based on the stressor. So uh, a, a marriage wedding day is one of the big uh, highest stress scores you can imagine because uh, for all the reasons that you know it's it's a major deal and you're on display for the uh, the guests to see and it's such a big uh, you know you got to give a speech or whatever. So um, all those things, whether you you personally judge them to be positive or negative are nevertheless stressful, such as uh, uh, whatever, a promotion and uh, a move to another city to um, take advantage of a great opportunity or whatever it is. So, you know, we got to envision this scales of justice, right? The um, the statue with the, uh, the the plates that the, the lady's holding, and almost everything we reference in daily life is on the stress side of the scale. And then on the other side, we have these measly little list of uh, sleep, uh, meditation, mindfulness class, yoga, uh, rebound training. We could get into that a little bit too, where um, a properly conducted exercise uh, workout is going to be a de-stressor rather than uh, counting on the stress scale. Uh, but to recognize all those factors going on in your life and adjust your training accordingly, um, that's what it's all about is just constantly striving for balance so that whatever workout you do actually counts for something rather than counts against you. Yeah. I mean, Right now, with with the level of change I have going on, uh, I'm I'm not even focused on uh, trying to maintain any kind of workout regimen. It just comes out to if I have uh, an extra thirty minutes that I can go and get a run in, or you know, go to the gym and lift a few weights. I'll I'll do that. And honestly, right now it's come it's probably a little bit less than once a week is uh, where I'm hitting at. But I know that this will pass and I know that I'll be in better condition when I have the opportunity to resume my workouts, taking it this way than if I was, you know, the type AAA trying to, oh no, you know, it doesn't matter what stress you have going on. You got to keep working out, got to get my, you know, four runs in a week. And that's, if I did that, I'd, I'd be, uh, you know, probably injured by the time I got the opportunity to work out. Yeah. There's ways, uh, you know, positive ways to cope with stress. And then there's, uh, I guess you could judge them to be negative ways, such as, uh, abusing drugs, alcohol, um, and, you know, engaging in self-destructive behavior and, oh boy, we can sit here high and mighty in the health and fitness scene and, uh, tout our weekly mileage, but, um, it might be right there in the same category of self-destruction as uh, going out on uh, clubbing binges and ingesting all manner of substances and engaging in uh, you know crazy crazy behavior to escape the uh, the stresses of life. So yeah, ideally our fitness um, our fitness efforts are uh, stress balancing or you know perhaps even a positive score if we do it really well. Yeah, you know anything including exercise can be a uh, exercise and distraction. And, and if you're, and if that's what you're using exercise for, it's essentially the same thing as alcohol and and drugs. Yeah. I guess it's, um, a a diversion is, is a, a different word. And then there's a distraction, distraction, meaning that you're not facing things you need to face. And then a diversion is a wonderful balance between the stressful day at work and then the uh, the experience on the running trails. But I think the problem we find in, uh, even in the health and fitness community is people, uh, 
with a, a, a flawed mindset going out there and, you know, uh, abusing their, their body uh, in the interest of getting a distraction or filling up their every minute of their day so they don't have to think uh, bad thoughts about the difficult challenges they're facing in life. Or feel negative emotions. Ooh, yeah, right. Just keep getting those endorphins, keep pumping those out and uh, all is well. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, this is also in, um, uh, or no, I thought it was in biology of belief, but I, I think it's actually in body keeps the score where, you know, you store those negative emotions. If you don't learn how to process those negative emotions, you store them in your muscle tissue and your organs. And, you know, if, if you're using exercise as a, distraction to avoid negative emotion or negative relationships or, um, you know, tough life circumstances, you're, you're, you're creating a recipe for, uh, injury or, um, you know, other types of, uh, physical, you know, not, not mental and emotional, but actual physical damage to your body by storing the negative energy and negative emotions. Oh, mercy. And if you listeners think this is just some dude spouting this stuff out of nowhere, woo-woo style from Austin, Texas, this has now been conclusively proven uh, by, you know, scientific analysis to be true that uh, and, and again, biology of belief, talking about the perception switches that are located on each of our cells. So we perceive signals from our environment, including thoughts, and those influence uh, the the cellular dogma, the molecular, uh, uh, what's, what's it called? The, the cellular biology dogma, the uh, RNA goes to DNA. It influences um, cellular activity, the, the influence of the, uh, the genes making the proteins and uh, making us uh, sad or happy, uh, tired or, or uh, full of energy, and all those things are uh, starting with our thoughts every day. And whew, I mean, you are you are literally correct with the statement that you made that um, this negative energy gets stored and it causes extreme damage. Um, people in the, uh, the the therapy world reference that where you're you know storing uh, resentment and anger and it's uh, serving to you know you're you're losing twice. First, you lost the uh, the argument or you know, the initial interaction and then you're, um, uh, then you're, you're carrying it with you. So you're, you're getting a double whammy. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard the, uh, um, saying that, uh, harboring resentment is like, uh, taking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> That's, I was trying to think of the quote. That's it. Oh my gosh. Whew, the quote of the show. There you go. Yeah. Okay, dude, we're getting away from the nuts and bolts of uh, cold therapy regimens and training uh, strategies, and sounds like we're we're getting deep. And I know that you've had this amazing experience that um, you're going to share with us, uh, your your personal growth retreat. So I want to get you on to a part two show and get deep into that. If the listener wants to fasten their seatbelt, if the if they're not afraid. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk to you about the treat. It was a, it was a pretty transformational. Okay, listeners, stay tuned for Dude Spellings Part 2. You are going to absolutely love it. Thank you for listening to this show. And get your cold therapy regimen going. What are you waiting for? How much more psyched up can you get than, than Dude and I going off? Do it. 
So Chris Kelly, Nourish, Balance, Thrive, we're, we're talking about health and you're telling me a funny story about your picky four-year-old daughter that won't eat unless there's Primal Kitchen uh, condiments on the table. It's true. My daughter will not eat unless there's f***ing the Primal Kitchen Wilder. <laughs> it's, it's this cute thing, actually, she does. We have a local state park called Wilder Ranch. Oh, yeah. And uh, she calls the ranch dressing Wilder Ranch dressing. Which <laughs> we, 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 there's no way we're going to correct her on that. It's just too It's so, so endearing. Uh, how old um, is she? She's four. Oh my gosh. So she likes like the mayo on a Oh yeah, she so she loves those sort of, we love them as well. We have uh we, we eat them all the time. We eat the mayo, we eat the balsamic, we eat the the ranch, um the avocado oil we use all the time. And, and so, you know, that's completely genuine and I don't mind talking about that because you took the pain in the ass out of condiments. I really appreciate that. What an authentic spot from Chris Kelly at Nourish, Balance, Thrive. And yes, Primal Kitchen, you can call it Wilder Ranch Dressing if you want. And uh, we'll send five cents of the proceeds over to that beautiful state park because they're, they're trying to make ends meet in Santa Cruz Mountains. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> That's my pleasure.